Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of She's an Artist. I'm your host Sarah Brown. This week my guest is Liz Morgan, an actress and playwright right here in New York City. Liz uh, is the author of the poem Why Was Late and she also works with Theater of the Oppressed. She is recently the recipient of the Playwrights Realm Writing Fellowship semi-finalist. I'm really excited for you guys to hear her story, so keep listening. All right, well, welcome everyone to She's an Artist. I'm here with Liz Morgan. Hi, everybody. Welcome. (laughs) I'm glad you're here on this kind of chilly day. I mean, October is not really providing much of a fall yet like yeah. I was excited for some for some sweater weather um yeah, and this is right. feeling a little muggy um, a little stuffy yeah so you I'm know. I actually want it to get to that like nice brisk yeah weather I have some coats that I'm excited about to debut Ooh, <laughs> I feel you girl I feel you so you're an actor and a playwright these yes. are like your main your yeah. main gigs yeah. yeah all right so what got you started in that um, I mean, in like a really kind of cheesy way, I guess I have to give some, some shout outs to my brother. Oh, okay. Um, so he's like, you know, my brother's my first love, right? Like, mm-hmm, and he, he started playing piano when he was five. So when I turned five, I wanted to play piano. Oh, um, it runs in the family. <laughs> well, yeah. So like he was just always in the arts and then I kind of did a lot of the things that he did Mm because I wanted to be like him Um, and so as a musician he would often be in the pit orchestra Mm -hmm. um, of our like community theater or our school theater Um, so I would go to support him Uh, and then at a certain point like when I was 10, 11, 12 I realized I was actually a lot more interested in what was going on above his head (laughs) uh, than what he was doing in the pit and kind of found uh, my own thing which ended up being theater Funny enough, he's been doing community theater acting in theater lately, even though he never did when we were younger. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he's like following in your footsteps yeah. now. Oh, the competition. Tables, the oh, tables have no. turned. Um, okay. But yeah, so I, I think that's a, a big part of why I ended up in the arts. Um, I grew up in a small town in Weston, or in Connecticut called Weston. Um, I'm from Connecticut as well. Ah. West Hartford. Okay, so you're you're a little further north. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like Western Connecticut had this really great arts program. So I did dance, I did music, um, I did theater, uh, and then I wasn't a hundred percent positive that I was gonna make a career out of it uh, when I went to college. I figured I'd probably just maybe be an English major, yeah. do something practical like law school. Mm-hmm. Um, I even considered the priesthood for a while. Fun oh fact, goodness, like, that's know. kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, maybe some of my friends who are listening are like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, what um, happened? But yeah, so considered that. Um, and then for my study abroad, I went to the London Dramatic Academy um, where as opposed to doing, not that the undergrad program I went to had like a real core curriculum. Mm-hmm. Like I was kind of, and what school is this? This is Brown. So oh. yeah, they have that very open curriculum where yeah. you, you take the classes that you're interested in. But even within that, I found myself sometimes taking things that were like not as interesting as others to me. Yeah. Um, but then when I finally went to the London Dramatic Academy and got to be in conservatory and I was like, Oh. Like, when I am acting from, like, 9 o'clock in the morning to 10 o'clock at night, like, that's what makes me happiest, whether it's, like, you know, my movement class, my voice class, like, working on that part of my craft. Uh 
and then yeah when I got back to Brown and I had like signed up for like I don't know like a psychology class or religious studies class whatever it was I just remember being kind of like no like I want to be back at conservatory um so then I went straight through to Brown's graduate program Mm -hmm. a three-year MFA program that they do in conjunction with Trinity Rep um studied acting there um and then came to New York to pound the pavement. And here we are. Here we are today. <laughs> oh, man. And is that also how you got started in playwriting? Or did that happen later on? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, I've always been kind of interested in writing. Um, I think I have more of, like, a, a natural abit- ability than a, a formally trained ability in mm-hmm. writing. Um, but the cool thing about Brown Trinity's acting program is that we get to dabble in directing we get to dabble in playwriting Uh, they're really interested in creating holistic theater artists a lot of us have formed our own theater companies Mm -hmm. um yeah a lot of folks have gone on to branch out and maybe not stay just as actors Mm -hmm. um but yeah they do a lot of other things which i think in this like the way the industry has changed, yeah. I, I feel really good about my choice in oh, schooling. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd taken playwriting courses when I was there. Um, and so yeah, I think when I got to New York, I was like, well, let me just see what happens if I keep doing this thing for fun. And then people kind of kept telling me like, you're kind of you're kind of good at this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it sometimes takes up more of my time than I actually thought it would. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still learning how to juggle. Um, between that and acting it's yeah it's hard um Mm -hmm. you know when you're in a writer's group and they want you to you know have your next 10 pages due um and you're still trying to figure out you know what your characters sound like it can be hard to even think about sending your headshot resume out to whoever so there's a balance yeah and then somewhere in there making some money oh yeah what does that mean (laughs) yeah sure why not so is there one that you like prefer over the other or do you, they, you like them both equally, both of your babies? I'm, I'm really, I'm struggling to answer that question for myself. I just, yeah. uh, got off of a really awesome acting gig and it was like my first acting gig, uh, in a while, like my first regional gig in a while. All right. And what was it? Um, I was doing Bright Half Life at Company of Fools in Idaho. Oh, I've never been to Idaho. It's so beautiful. It was so like, it was not what I expected. Um, I think I had a lot of, uh, preconceived notions about, well, first of all, like it's not even Midwest, like just for, for the New Yorkers. Oh yeah. I think we're like, every, everything is the Midwest. Oh yeah. If it's not here, it's the Midwest. Yeah. Or the South. like, Like, where are you going? Like Ohio. Um, you're going to Iowa, right? I was like, no, like, I'm going, I'm going to Idaho, which is West Coast, um, in the Rockies, like, Rocky Mountains, so beautiful, just waking up to, like, yeah, beautiful mountains every day, um, and yeah, just being able to do my craft again, just kind of like that same joy I had at London Dramatic Academy, where all I had to think about was, like, text and my instrument, um, and that was, that was really refreshing, because I think I've spent a lot of time here in New York just, like, uh, in that, uh, in, in my writer space. Um, and I think, I don't, I think it it was, a I was at some Brown alumni event and this comedy writer, I'm going to forget his name. Um, but he, he said something that has stayed with me for a while, which is that, um, he didn't like writing. He likes having written. Oh, okay. Um, And I feel the exact same way about writing, but then there's a weird way in which like, I feel like 
for me, acting is the exact opposite. Like, I love rehearsal. I love the process. I love digging into the into the text. Mm-hmm. And there's a way in which, like, performing for me is like, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but you're more about the process. Yes, like, I the love journey. rehearsal. Okay. Um, so I think both things give me something different all right um, you get a lot out of both yeah, yeah. okay I, I don't want to have to choose yeah they both <laughs> fulfill you which yeah. is good yeah I find a lot of times like they can both coincide with each other because yeah. you can get into the mind of like your character when you're writing yeah absolutely um and then yeah when I'm working on like solo material or mm-hmm. other stuff where I'm writing for myself that's a whole other barrel of monkeys where <laughs> like my actor self is mad at my writer self and vice oh, versa yeah. um your inner conflict <laughs> inner conflict like yeah. why aren't you memorized because you haven't finished the script <laughs> i'm still talking to myself what's happening um but uh yeah like i just yeah, so i really what, like both <laughs> so what types of shows do you like to write what do you gravitate towards mm, i mean i think I'm really into something that's probably going to feel like a, like an SJW, our, our social justice warriors <laughs> buzzword, but like, I just, I really am interested in the intersection of identities, mm-hmm. um, and putting people next to each other that maybe are, are both experiencing oppression or mm-hmm. both experiencing loss, um, and maybe can't quite see each other because of that. Okay. Um, like racial identity or sexual identities, like it. all identities. Um, you know, yeah. One of my uh, plays is uh, about a queer couple, mm-hmm. um, two white women, who have adopted a, a young black girl. Okay. And it's like uh, the young black girl Lola. It's kind of her coming of age story. Mm-hmm. Um, and she she's kind of grown up in a very like in the myth of post-racial America mm-hmm. um, with these two, yeah, like lo- lovely liberal women um, mm-hmm. that don't quite see her or and don't quite see how her, the color of her skin might impact the things that she's going through right now um, and are having trouble seeing that um, because as far as they're concerned, like the new civil rights movement um, is the LGBTQ movement. And I yeah. think like that conversation, um, and others a lot like it where, mm-hmm. um, race is intersecting, intersecting with gender or, or yeah. sexuality. Like that's, that's happening a lot. That's right? happening a yeah. lot right now. And I think like we, we have to start to get more present with each other's pain. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're going to, uh, I'm going to re- re- redefine our national identity, in a way that that works for us yes um, you know I'm, I'm really interested in the word patriotism right now and like who's doing something that is anti-patriotic whether it's um using your first amendment right or trying to Oof. quell it or like using your second amendment right trying like i mean yeah. there's just there's a lot going on um but yeah i'm trying just to write, a little just a little <laughs> bit and yeah just trying to write things that kind of at least start the conversation. Uh, I don't know that I have a lot of answers. Um, of course. I mean, we're all just trying to figure figure it out. Figure it out. Yeah, um, there's... I definitely, like... Especially now, art is so important to question those identities and to really try and, like, can help us maybe understand what everybody's going through and tell each other stories. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about your, sh- uh, your poem, Why I Was Late. Yes. Yes. It's its one year anniversary. Yay. Um, wrote it uh, on my way to visit my best friend Rolanda in in DC her birthday is yeah 1022 October 22nd so yeah um it's like it's just funny because it's popping up on my like Facebook memories and I'm like oh like this is the week that I wrote that a year Mm -hmm. ago um so what's this poem about why did you call it why I was late um it's so yeah I mean I think some some people uh ask me like did this thing really happen and it it did it was literally why I was um late to not her birthday party because I, I guess I was there to surprise her but when yeah. her sister had expected me to get to DC um it was very literally why I was late and you were coming from New York yeah I was coming okay. from New York um and I was on a bus uh where this uh drunken man mm-hmm. um drunken black man uh was starting to harass me a black woman um and it was it was loud and it was scary. Um, and yeah, there were lots of things going through my mind. Um, you know, obviously the things that always go through my mind when I'm yeah. being harassed, which is like, I wish this would stop. Um, yeah. I don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also feeling um, annoyed that like there didn't seem to be anybody else around uh, to, that was going to like, stop him or yeah yeah yeah, intervene um but then also I think um embarrassed in a way that I've I've often been um in uh yeah what I grew up calling like mixed company right like there there's a way that you're allowed to talk when it's when it's just you and other people that look like you or come from your culture whether that's black American culture Caribbean American culture um and and then there's the way you're supposed to sort of code switch yeah. Uh, when the white folk are around and he, he wasn't doing that and he was mm. dropping the N-word left and right very loudly and very drunkenly and I just, I knew, I was like, this this is how they see us. Can yeah. you please stop? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just at sort of like the, the height of all of that, um, yeah, the, the bus stopped. Uh, Oh, for you guys, because that was happening. Yeah, because it was just escalating oh so, so much. And this bus driver comes back um, and is trying to figure out if there's a problem. Um, so, I mean, to an extent, I guess that was the, the interference that I okay. was looking Even though there for. clearly was a problem. Yeah, there was he a... was just like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I just, I'd, um, I didn't expect the whole bus to, to stop yeah. to, to focus on this thing. Um and then uh, it escalated just just a little bit, um, yeah. but then the the bus driver decided that it was her right to uh, then call the authorities, um, and think I think I, I I had this moment where I had to choose between like you know like the 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 woman in me who mm-hmm. who very much uh, has been too often the the victim and on the receiving mm-hmm. end of sexual harassment which unfortunately a lot of women can relate to yes I wish we, yes. yes and you know? then all of a sudden I had to choose like all right now it's time for me to be black and think about the fact that this man like that, that, that the cops are being called this man um will be racially profiled 
probably and and yeah there there may be an escalation of this event uh which like no, no one i don't know that anyone deserves to die or go to jail because they were drunk and harassing me now that that may even in and of itself be a problematic statement like i'm, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that there shouldn't be uh like a consequence. A consequence, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But, um, but not those. just knowing the way that our justice system does not look at people like me, people like him, mm-hmm. um, my brother, my father, my uncles, my my like I mean I've I've had I've had a cousin die at the hands of police. So like I j I'm very sensitive mm-hmm. about police presence i don't like to call them mm-hmm. i don't i do not necessarily feel safe around police even though yep. i'm a law-abiding citizen you won't mm-hmm. you won't find me <laughs> doing anything Do, yeah it's just yeah. It's, it's, it's at least not yet i mean we'll we'll see him when i'm <laughs> listening to this 10 years from now if i can still if i can still say that but yeah i've i've committed no crimes and i don't feel safe around the police mm-hmm. and i don't think it should be like that no of course um, not so yeah i just had this this moment um, where I decided to like stand up for this man mm-hmm. um, who had been harassing me. Um, and again, yeah, this being the one year anniversary wow. of having experiences, having written this in the in the wake of this hashtag. I'm glad YouTube. we're doing but, this today. Yeah, right? Like yeah. It's, it felt very present because I was yeah. just like, okay, like what does it mean to protect these people in power but then like which one of us really did have the most power in that moment because um i think that same thing that made me like hate him this being being loud and drunk and vulgar um and like i i know how to to code switch in a way that's a little bit more palatable Mm -hmm. when it comes to white people white cops and so what do you mean by code switch what do i mean by code switch yeah. Um, for the audience, it's it's being bicultural. Mm-hmm. It's I, I I think it's a, it's a type of being bilingual because you know there are certain spaces that I go to black churches, bodegas, whatever it is, um, where where you're gonna have to know how you you have to know how to communicate mm-hmm. with the people that look like you. Um, yeah, again, based off of what culture they're coming from, educational background, a all those kinds of other things. But any moment where you have to sort of switch into another mode of speaking another mode of dressing uh in order to be palatable intelligible um in the dominant culture um and that's what people of color were we are masters at it um uh you know james baldwin i'm gonna paraphrase terribly but like you know he he essentially said like we our advantage is that we've been studying you a lot more than you've been studying us um, because we, we, you know, you're the ones giving us our loans. You're the ones deciding if we get the job or not in so many spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, oppression is this, it, it, it has that, it has to have that power component for us to really understand how racism works. It's not yeah. just about, um, prejudice. It's about prejudice plus power. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, all that to say, um, the, uh, those of us that have had the privilege to know how to, um, yeah, speak in a way that folks are going to to like and and maybe give us the customer service that we want. Um, how how to get respect with one group versus how you get respect with another group, and it's it's different. Our country was segregated for so long. Yeah, we've just we've created different norms in each space. 
Um, and I, I'm privileged enough to know how to speak both languages. My, my parents um, made a very conscious decision of having me go to a predominantly white public school in okay. Connecticut where they thought I would be able to get the best education and give me the most, you know, potential upward and what mobility. What this? Um, yeah, Weston High School. Oh, okay. Um, but then we would travel uh, 45 minutes to New Haven uh, for me to go to a historically black church. And so my entire, like, spiritual development um, was, was rooted in blackness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, there were... Like, I, yeah, I learned how to code switch before I had a word for it, but I just yeah. knew, like, there was a way that I behaved in church around my black friends and my mm-hmm. black mentors um, that just didn't, it didn't work when I was at school. So, yeah. like, every weekend I was kind of becoming a different person, but I knew that they were both me, yeah. and they weren't, I don't know that either was inauthentic, mm-hmm. um, but it, it was just a, yeah, it's a survival tool, um, Okay. That not everybody has so, but yeah, in this in this moment that happened a year ago on the bus, um, I made the decision to stand up for him. He still ended up in the back of a, a cop car. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what happened to that man. If he ever made, <laughs> knew it, out, the, made or... it out, if he knew knew this poem existed, I I believe he had said something like I think part of why he was so panicked in that mm-hmm. moment. Um, if you if you read the full poem, um. He's, I think he mentioned something about having a record um, oh, prior. Okay. So he um, was worried it would yeah, escalate there was, further. Okay. There were lots of things at stake for him. Um, and were the cops white as well? Were they white male cops? Yeah, it was a, mm-hmm. a white guy, maybe two white guys. Um, yeah, it's a... That's the... That, yeah. The, but again, and sometimes like that doesn't even matter. Like I yeah, think, of course, um, black cops, Asian cops have all been sort of indoctrinated into this culture of of profiling black and brown men. Um, but yeah, so it, yeah, and I guess to answer your question of why why it's called why why I was late today and will probably always be late as a black woman. It mm-hmm. it literally made me late. But I think those those moments where I have to try to choose between my gender and my race, like that I they they make me pause sometimes mm-hmm. um because there's a way in which i i feel like i have to choose like between like my, my personal well-being versus mm-hmm. like the well-being of the of your the, the yeah the community the cause um and uh that so doesn't like, that doesn't feel good because i it, it feels like uh black women often have to to sacrifice themselves for the people and that that's expected of them mm-hmm. from time to time um and i'm i'm trying to write more plays that sort of deal with that intersection yes, uh, because of it's a it's a really tricky one um yeah i mean well we all like want to understand <laughs> i think like where everybody's like coming from i think we all like uh, yeah and it's interesting to hear that because like I think it's such people like don't understand like privilege and they don't understand like why it's like such an issue when things like that happen. But like it and it when it happens like in America in this day and age when it's 2000 almost 2018. Yeah. And I guess like 
from all of this, you wrote the poem Why I Was Late. Yeah. And you performed it, yes? Yeah, I wrote it right there on the bus. Um, oh, wow, like right after? Yeah, like... Oh, my God. Um, and then uh, once I got to D.C., I first I posted it to Facebook. Mm-hmm. And then um, my mother um, and then my now sister-in-law... Um, and my father, they mm-hmm. all were sort of like, I, I think you should get this published. Yeah. I was like, really? Like, it's just sort of me like free writing. Yeah. Um, and they're like, no, like make, make sure you get this published. Um, so I, I did that. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know that it meets the qualifications of being a, a viral poem, but it, <laughs> I'm sure it does. <laughs> um, but yeah, it got picked up by the Huffington Post and it got, um, widely circulated. And so folks asked me to perform it a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done, I performed it on the radio, um, and at Ars Nova, um, I performed it, uh, for what was supposed to be an election night party. Oh, man. Um, maybe then... next election cycle, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a really weird moment, because I think it was like, it was like just at the moment where it was, it was clear that, that the way I thought we were things were die. going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the the way that I thought things were going, it was not going to go that way. And then I had to read this poem um, that was about something related, but different. But Um, what a time to read that poem though. (laughs) I like that moment. Like what a time to do that. (laughs) Oh man. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of the perfect time. Maybe. It didn't feel like it at the moment. I mean, I was, I was having so many emotions. I was drinking myself into oblivion. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're we're still here. We're still here. We are still here. We uh, might not have equal protection under the law in no. all fifty states, but we're still here. Like I like w- woke up and made an appointment to get an IUD, mm-hmm. and I was like, that we're getting yep. we're getting we're getting everything taken yep. care of right but, now. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting time, but I feel like a lot of good art is coming out of it. Such good art. I feel like mm. now nobody's afraid. The veil has been lifted and everyone's like, nope, we're going for it. And I think that's neat. that needs to happen. We have to have uncomfortable conversations that we didn't want to have. Yeah, I and, was uh, I was just talking about that. Um, so I also work at Theater of the Oppressed NYC. Oh, yes. I think you were going to maybe <laughs> mention that if I didn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we had this... Uh, this meeting last night where we were talking about our work and making it more race explicit. Um, mm-hmm. It's like another another one of those like SJW buzzwords. Oh. Um, but then I think like it's sometimes it's important to just sort of like call out racism mm-hmm. uh, when we see it. Uh, and we got into this like, yeah, this interesting debate about like, oh, well, you know, we, what about our audiences? Are they going to be like, comfortable with that I, I don't want them to think that t-o-n-y-c is just pulling the race card but like but we have to be <laughs> like we have to be we that, do yeah we do. like um, you like that has to happen i feel yeah so that that was that was the juicy conversation we got mm-hmm. into last night and i'm i'm still chewing on it um because yeah i work with some really dope people with some really dope perspectives on yeah how to fight oppression and we're all coming at it from different different angles um like using our platforms yeah to, like fight it yeah we're doing what we can yeah 
it's yeah. uh, it's really great and important work, so I'm I'm glad to be doing it. <laughs> so what else do you do with Theater of the Oppressed? So um, when yeah, when I started with Theater of the Oppressed, uh, I was brought on as a facilitator. Um, okay. I facilitate uh, usually like ten to twelve week workshops uh, that are. Uh, with partner organizations like social service agencies uh, and uh, yeah other city agencies um, where the participants build shows based off of their real life experiences of oppression okay uh, and then we do a, a performance an interactive show called forum theater mm-hmm. uh, where after they present uh, this show based off of these real life problems mm-hmm. uh, then uh, my job as the facilitator, I get to sort of engage the audience in a dialogue about the problems that they saw. Um, And then, whereas usually, like, folks would just sort of raise their hand and and pose a solution verbally. Yeah. um, We ask the audience to not just be there as spectators, but spect actors. Oh, Uh, okay. (laughs) And then uh, take the place of the protagonist, Mm -hmm. uh, and then we sort of redo moments from the play Mm -hmm. with this new recasting, but letting them know that everything that was true for the protagonist is is true for you. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're a a white male lawyer that has some perspective on what this uh, black female student should have done, um, mm-hmm. you have to take on those identities and get treated the way that teachers treat this young woman. Our actors are trained to, you know, just con- continue that reality that we've set up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, it, for at least what one of the things that happens is, is that it, it allows people to realize that it's, it's never just as, as simple as I think sometimes people make it. I know mm-hmm. that there are, you know, quick quick fixes respectability politics that people like to throw at people of color the the pull your pants up thing you know mm-hmm. um and like the ridiculous thing about that is that like you know that there there are there are students going to school mm-hmm. um going to schools that have ridiculous security protocol going mm-hmm. through these metal detectors oh, where yeah. just having something on like a belt mm-hmm. will make them late oh yeah so like you know mm-hmm. If, if leaving the belt off has your pants a little saggy, but at least it allows you to get to class on time, but like, like you know, what's the, yeah. <laughs> but our schools are just being so over-policed and people really don't understand how complex some of these systems are. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, our shows, I think at least allow people to, to really investigate how to navigate these systems, not just on the individual level, but how we can brainstorm as a community. Um, we also do legislative theater where oh, we engage okay. with policymakers and our city council folk to to propose um, new legislation or things that need to be changed in That's the legislation. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's oh my really gosh. Dope. Um, so we're, we're interested in creative advocacy and organizing. Um, and so, yeah, that was, uh, I've, I've been facilitating for a while with them. Um, and then just since I've come back from Idaho, I've stepped into a, a new position to, um, you know, sort of de- develop some of our community resources because sometimes we, we leave these partnerships um, and then folks are still facing the oppression that they made this show about, uh, and it doesn't feel right to just say, you know, thank, thanks for working with yeah. us, and now we're on to the next thing. Um, we really do want to grow our community, um, and so I'm, I'm, my main focus is just making sure people can stay as involved with our work for mm-hmm. as long as they want to be, whether that means setting them up with a, a proper social service agency mm-hmm. that does address the need that they need, whether that's uh, legal aid for housing, mm-hmm. Um, so you do more than just theater. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's the main thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're we're working with communities that, um, you know, yeah, just facing real real stuff, um, and we we want to help them as much as we can so that they can keep making theater with us. Yeah. And, and do you guys have any shows coming up or we, any performances? We totally do. But do- check out the website tonyc.nyc. Um, our Housing Works troupe. Um, Housing Works is an organization uh, that uh, assists folks that are uh, living with HIV AIDS um, at the intersection of homelessness. Okay. Um, and those folks have created a show uh, about tenants' rights. Um, and we're adding a, a legislative theater um, element to that show. Okay. Um, yeah, it's coming up next month, or I, I don't know when this airs, but if what if we're in november when this airs <laughs> this month um yeah so we'll um that's when that show will be uh yeah some of my coworkers are facilitating that show it should awesome. be dope so check out the website for the date i wish i had it but i didn't it's okay all the information can be there yes super simple amazing facebook yes. all of it well and you also just want became a semi-finalist right for playwrights realm yeah. recently so congratulations thank you very on much that. yeah i'm i'm developing the play that just won that award now mm-hmm. um and what play is that uh, it's called deliver letters to the motherland from a foreign body you know long long title um awesome but yeah working working on that a bit i should have a reading of that in april don't have the exact date for that yet but um that's with fresh ground peppers festival okay. in fact i think they still have a kickstarter up oh okay <laughs> anyone wants to drop some coins in there yes please do yeah. support theater <laughs> yes. um so yeah there's there's a, a few a few pots and as as always oh um, yeah but we yeah all, a yeah. few pots on the burner um, so yeah, writing, revising that play, um, mm-hmm. at least I have a, a full draft done, thank God, um, uh, revising my solo show, um, creating a new show with Liberation Theatre Company, Ooh. um, yeah, that's, that's sort of, uh, related to the, the why I was late today stuff, um, okay. and so- maybe like, Bill Cosby elements, um, that's oh. maybe all, that's maybe all I'll say. Okay. Um, but look out for, uh, yeah, Liberation Theater Company's readings um, in March. Uh, all of that. I awesome. have, yeah, I keep folks up to date on all of my social media platforms, okay. my website. Um, and your website is lizmorganonline.com. Yes, com. So look out for that stuff there. Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much for being you. here. This was this great. Was- yeah, this is a lot of fun. Um, so look out for Liz Morgan. She's blowing up. She's blowing up everywhere. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of She's an Artist. If you want, you can subscribe to me on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Until then, keep creating and keep telling your stories, and have a great day.